It's time for some inside animation. With your host, Adam Sartain. Today's guest, Anik Rosenblum. And now, here's your host, Adam Sartain. Welcome back to another episode of Inside Animation, where we get inside information about the animation industry. I am your host, Adam Sartain. And today, today we have another director of a animation studio, but this time it's a commercial animation studio, Anik Rosenblum. Hi, Adam. Thank you for having me on. Great Hello. to be chatting here with you. Yeah. So I just, I love that. We've had over 30 episodes so far of Inside Animation, and there's we're continually finding out new facets of the animation industry, new corners, new, th- new jobs, new things. And one thing we have not talked about is commercial animation, animated commercials. So I'm very excited to talk about that today. So you had Dancing Line Productions, is that right? Correct, yes. And you're a director as well. Yes, that's right. Yes. So, and Dancing Line Productions, I know you also do short films and some other things, but primarily the focus is commercials. Is that right? Uh, Correct. Yes. Uh, My studio focuses on any uh, short format animation and commercials is probably our main type of projects that we do. Right. We also do some educational videos and promotional social media and short films, music videos, anything that is pretty much under, I would say, under five minutes. Okay. Anything under five minutes. Very cool. And then, yeah, mostly that falls in the realm of commercials. So I'm curious how how does it work doing a commercial do you seek out companies like say tim hortons or do they come to you and say hey we we like what you're doing we like your stuff can you do a commercial for this new thing we're doing well we do reach out but most of the time it's the clients uh, come to us sometimes it's through advertising agency sometimes directly uh, clients like tim hortons that you mentioned approach us yeah also for my listeners i do want to mention we're back in canada now <laughs> right i right. love i love going out to talk to people with in different countries, not just the US, because animation is everywhere. And we last talked to someone from Canada with Medhat Hanbali. I don't know if you're familiar, Anik, with um, Movement Deluxe. It's an animated series, or it's uh, a um, stop motion animated series. No, but I'll check it out. Sounds yeah. interesting. <laughs> But uh, he's the composer for that. That was our last Canadian guest. And I'm thrilled to have another Canadian guest. But getting back to the discussion at hand, what does the process look like? So do they just come with a concept? 
your clients? Do they, do they just say, here's the product or, and then you come up with something? How, how does that work? I would say in most cases, they come up with a script, uh, whether it's, if it's an ad agency, it's normally has a very polished finalized script. Uh, sometimes when we do work directly with clients, we kind of help them to develop it, but they have already some kind of draft or an outline with the message that they want to convey. And most of the times some kind of yeah, story outline. I would say it's very important to include animation director very early on in this process because sometimes people that are not that familiar with animation as a medium can overlook some of the ways how to maximize the potential of animation. And uh, animation is a very, for example, movement-based medium, and sometimes that's overlooked. It's important to have a concept that is based on movement or based on something that animation uniquely is capable to achieve. And uh, for that reason, it's really important to, we always try to be involved as early in the process as possible, but of course, it's not always the case. Right, right. So you do more on the animation side and they'll have, they'll have an idea of what they want, but you know, usually they'll bring you in early on and help you. They, well, normally they do have a script. We try to shape the script if possible, if we see a way to make it more compelling, make it more engaging when we uh, visualize it in animation. Then we go from there with uh, some kind of design frames. Uh, We tailor the design approach based on the branding guidelines, based on the spirit of the message of the company. And then uh, we offer several options of design approaches. And then they um, uh, then we develop it into a storyboard or animatic. And uh, once that is kind of approved, we, we uh, receive comments on that and adjust it. And once that is basically good to go, we go into the animation production. Great. Awesome. And I know animation takes a lot of people. How many, how many animators do you have? In your company? Well, uh, that's why we generally focus on short format animation. I used to work before on different Canadian studios on mostly TV series production. And it's a very labor intensive process with a lot of animators involved, many departments involved. And it becomes more of an assembly line type of production uh, where consistency is important and uh, producing, obviously, all the episodes on time on schedule is important, but individual level of creative contribution to the series is quite limited because those are large teams. So what, uh, when I decided to go independently and uh, find uh, to establish my own studio, I wanted to focus on very short projects where it's possible to have more impact, creative impact individually. And I worked in a commercial department of, uh, of one uh, commercial studio, and I realized that it's really 
in reality on single commercial projects there is a small team it's really impossible to involve many animators because you need to it's normally has a very unique visual approach uh, we want to keep it consistent it's very difficult to divide the workload for many many people in this case when we're talking about 60 seconds uh, screen time or 30 seconds screen time right. uh, so normally even in larger studios commercials are done by very small teams uh, maybe an animation director, maybe a couple of animators, maybe some uh, editor involved. Uh, so teams up to five people. So in our case, is the same. Many projects that are manageable, I do it by myself. Uh, some projects, I, for some projects, I involve additional animators. Uh, sometimes if the project requires a special look, I hire an illustrator that really has uh, something, uh, a unique creative vision that is especially suitable for that particular project. Uh, sometimes I work with some technical support people or writers, uh, but most of the time it's, I would say, one to five people teams work on each project in our case. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's, it's a tight-knit crew. <laughs> right, right. So yes. I'm also curious, because there's there's a connotation of when you get around commercials, it, there's a connotation of, you know, oh, it's, it's very set. It's very, you know, in that corporate box. But uh, I'm curious, do you find there's more chance for creativity, you know, working with your own studio, obviously, I would assume, than working for a big major studio? Uh, I would say absolutely. I think that, yes, you're, you're right, that commercials are kind of associated with, well, may have some kind of negative image of something very corporate or, or very, I'll say, soulless, very, very, you know, just selling something. But in reality, a commercial is just a message that we want to deliver to audience. And right. the message has to, the audience has to connect emotionally to that message, uh, which offers a lot of creativity, the uh, opportunity for creativity. That's actually what the animation is best suited for because we have to, in each case, find a very unique approach. We have to think of what the company is about, what kind of personality does it have, uh, what is the message, what is the audience, and how to make that message compelling, how to make that message engaging uh, through unique designs, but uh, a lot of times through motion. The motion somehow has to touch people's hearts and that's what animation is all about right so i think uh, since each project is very unique and and it's only lasts for about 30 seconds sometimes 60 seconds uh, commercials it really has to be perfectly executed. It has to, each movement is important. It's not only a generic movement, it's important how it moves, uh, what, what is the expression, what does it communicate? 
so we try to put a lot of effort and a lot of attention to detail to make it, you know, graceful, expressive, to maximize that screen time and to make uh, in a creative way to make that particular commercial connect with audiences, cannot reach their hearts. Right. I will say I did see one of the the Tim Hortons commercial where, you know, if for a commercial like that, where you're introducing a new type of donut, you know, you could, you could just have a, here, here's a picture of the donut on a plate or someone eating the donut, but you decided to like put it into different things. So like, here's the actual picture of the donut, but it's, it's used as a hockey puck or it's, you know, the sun in the, or, you know, as part of the, so I, I really liked that. I I was wondering what your thoughts were in creating that commercial. Uh, well, it was great working with them. Uh, they actually, it, it was quite a unique project because it wasn't a TV commercial. It was, in that case, they were opening a new restaurant, a new more kind of upscale version of Tim Hortons in Toronto. It was a pilot project and they wanted, it had a, a unique look and they wanted to have a giant TV screen on the wall that would play that that uh, animation on the loop. It was part of the attraction and the idea of this commercial was to introduce that line of new line of donuts. And uh, when we were talking with, with the Tim Hortons people, we proposed to create uh, different vignettes of people uh, interacting with donuts and uh, what what donuts can mean for them, uh, like expressing excitement or um, uh, reassurance or relaxation or, or uh, you know, things like that, different type of emotions right that each particular donut can evoke so we created many uh, different uh, tiny situations of people characters interacting with donuts in different ways great (laughs) how fun so we're gonna move on to our next segment soon but before we do i do want to touch on with traditional animation so such as you know films or cartoon series you're going to have characters that are going to have voices there's going to be voice actors you're going to bring in stuff like that but even with short form animation and a lot of commercials you're not going to find you know characters with voices it's just going to be you know a, a scene sometimes with no voice sometimes with just a voice over the entire thing how often do you actually have people actually have voiceovers on your projects? I would say about 70% of the projects have voiceovers. Oh. Uh, sometimes sometimes it's uh, off-screen narrations, uh, but often it's the character talking, so there is a character dialogue. Uh, actually, we did series of TV commercials for... Canada Protection Plan, where we design the mascot character who introduces the different services for an insurance company. So they're yeah. talking about. So oh, the character. I'm going to tell you about these new government programs. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So yeah, so this character has a unique voice, and it had to be in English and in French uh, right. for as uh, and. We uh, yeah, and we had another series of commercials for Monroe College, where it was a very uh, creative voiceover artist was voicing the mom that had to have a lot of personality. The mom is sending her son to school and want to wants to enroll him in uh, in college. So she had a lot of you know that it played a big role the acting component of of the voiceover and we had to create a character that matches the voice and right. all of the you know gestures and acting awesome. yeah so quite a lot yeah okay that's very enlightening thank you are you an animator or maybe a director do you have an animated short film that you're looking to submit to festivals well the Burbank International Film Festival is looking for submissions like yours. Go to filmfreeway.com slash Burbank International Film Festival and submit today. So let's move on to our next segment where I like to go back in time. Let's go back to when you first became an animator, when you first got into animation in general. What were there any series or films or anything that inspired you to get into animation? I was born in Lithuania, so we grew up on a very different type of animation than right. uh, uh, North American uh, kids. Uh, at that time, there was absolutely nothing American on TV, but there was a lot of Eastern European animation, which worked differently because studios got kind of government budgets for each uh, film. Uh, and so there was not that many series, uh, but there were a lot of short films and they were very creative. I guess uh, they, they were not focused on you know, making a, a serious and making it a, kind of a serious Bible and making like a very uh, formatted for repetition. So they were all unique. Uh, so they used the different techniques and they were quite artistic. Uh, so I got exposed very early on to a lot of different styles of animation. And I would say that many of them were quite emotional. And I think uh, this is when I really liked how animation can be, you know, can be funny, can be sad, can be tragic, can be, uh, can express all kinds of different things. And then uh, when I was a teenager, I moved to Israel, so I was exposed to all of the Western animations. So, well, I really liked at that point uh, Ren and Stimpy and uh, um, Rocky and Bullwinkle, uh, I think it's called. Yeah. Hey, like, Rocky, like, watch uh, me pull a rabbit out of a hat. Oh, that trick <laughs> never works. This time for sure. <laughs> right, yes. And my, my biggest inspiration are kind of independent animators like there is one animator uh, Michael Dudok de Witt uh, from Holland he 
uses animation. He creates short films. Uh, I think he he produced also uh, recently a feature film called Red Turtle. Uh, he made before uh, films, short films like Father and Daughter that are super expressive in a very, I would say, economical way through movements. They express a lot of emotion and you really relate to the characters. So I think that's my biggest inspiration. And I would say a few others like Paul Fierlinger and Frederick Back that was a an uh, animator from Montreal that my favorite film is Crack. It's a short film about uh, a kind of a chair, like a rocking chair made by a farmer in Quebec that goes through generations and how, how the family interacts and the whole history of that, of that family for generations seen through that interaction with that rocking chair. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, did you go to school for animation? Uh, yes, I studied. I studied actually 3D animation in Tel Aviv uh, when it was just starting. That probably nobody at that point uh, heard about it yet. Yeah. <laughs> it was with the first gen first version of all the current 3D uh, software. Uh, but then I, I was mostly interested in drone animation and traditional animation. So I went to Vancouver to study um, at Vancouver Institute of Media Arts. It was a two-year uh, traditional animation program. Great. Awesome. Cool. So we are starting to run out of time, but before we go, let's go to our next segment and kind of our final segment, which is what advice would you give to someone who wants to get into, into animation, into commercial animation, maybe wants to be a animation director like yourself? What advice would you give to someone who wants to, wants to get started? Well, I think that it's probably important to have a real studio experience before going your own independent way because you establish a lot of, you know, work habits that are more effective. You, 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 you kind of have that first impulse of doing professional, producing professional work. And I think if after that experience, you decide to go into commercials, to go into advertising, I think that it's important to develop your own style or to develop a variety of your own styles where you feel you are comfortable with and you feel you, you are most effective with. And I think it's Another thing would be not to wait to be discovered. I think a lot of young animators think that they will create some breathtaking piece of work, maybe a short film, and somebody will discover them. I think it happens extremely rarely. I think you need really to think what is the path, who are the type of people that you need to convince that you can deliver or can provide a solution for them and see 
how you can do that, how you can communicate that to them and build a portfolio that reflects that. Awesome. Awesome. Wonderful advice. Thank you so much. about it but before we go why don't you let our listeners know where we can see your company's work if you have any short films coming out that may be coming to a film festival that we might want to see let us know well the our website is dancinglineproductions.com we have an idea in early development stage of creating educational videos for kids about kind of uh, teaching them about emotional intelligence, about various kind of topics of relationships, anger management, you know, a relationship with finance and all kind of self-esteem and uh, things like that. So we would love to team up with uh, child psychologists, writers uh, who are experts in that field and would like to create entertaining educational animated films for kids. Like Uh, a Canadian Mr. Rogers. (laughs) Well, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) I have to check that one out. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. And are you guys on social media at all? We are on social media, everything to do with, to, on Twitter, uh, that, at Dancing Line. And, but I think most of the info you can get on our website. Awesome. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Anik, for joining us today. It is Anik, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I pronounced it right. <laughs> no, I'm you, always so you scared. perfect. <laughs> but thank, thank you, you very much, Adam. Yeah, thank you. And thank you all out there for listening. This has been another episode of Inside Animation. <laughs>